Hello and welcome back to my channel. In this video, I'm going to be sharing with you two things that I have come to discover distance people away from God, both non-believers and believers. Non-believers, these things um, prevent them from accepting God because they feel like they are unworthy of Him. And uh, for believers uh, who struggle with sin, it also hinders them from coming close to God because they feel like God is not going to accept them as a result of their, their sin, right? And I call these things half-truths because that's really what they are. A part of it is true, but the other part is not true. And yeah, I'm going to present uh, the truth to you in this video with hope that you're blessed by it and that you, um, in particular, you know, come closer to God because that's what he, he wants. He wants a relationship with you and it doesn't matter um, your past, right? So, yeah, the first half-truth is that God judges the unrepentant, but not that he loves so much that it's his love that actually drives us to repentance. So the half-truth is that God God is a judge. That's, in fact, true because the Bible says it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, that for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. So God is going to judge at the end of our lives. But it doesn't just end there. It doesn't end that um, God is a judge. It's actually God's love, you know, in that he sent his son. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life right god loved the world so much the sinful world you a sinful person god loved you so much me too a sinful person god loved me so much and that's why he sent his son that whosoever believes in him whosoever believes in him should not perish the criterion for us being saved you know from the wrath of god is Believing in our hearts that Jesus is Lord and confessing with our mouth that he came and he died for our sins. You know, that's the criterion for us being being saved, you know, and repenting from, from our sins, obviously. But the main thing here is that um, it is God's love itself that drives us to repentance. By ourselves, it's hard for us to, to repent, but... When we come to understand the love of God, the kind of love that God has for us, the fact that it's unconditional, right? It doesn't matter what our past was like. It doesn't matter what our sin is like. It doesn't matter how dirty we are. You know, God loves us so much, right? And just wants us to have a relationship with him. And it's in the process of having this relationship with him that he changes us. You know, if we refer to the prodigal son story, the prodigal son who had left his father and taken part of his father's property and everything and went squandered it and started eating with pigs and all that. Upon repentance, up, it was upon repentance that he turned to his father. He, he was walking back to his father, you know, as dirty as he was, as, as unkempt as he was, he didn't need to clean up himself or anything. He only needed to repent in his heart to know that what he did was wrong and that um yeah he, and to show that he was sorry to to to, to repent and, to, and turn back to his father you know and once he did that once he 
made that decision and took the step, you know, to walk back to his father, the father ran to him and, you know, changed his clothes. The father was the one who did the cleaning, you know, of this son. The son didn't clean himself up to come to the father. He was dirty, but the father embraced him and cleaned him up, you know, and even made a feast, you know, for him to celebrate his coming, his return. Right. So this is a clear picture of how God treats us. It's not us. We are not the ones who need to clean up ourselves. God is calling us to come to him as dirty as we are, as filthy as we are, you know, to come to him and he will show us his love. The Bible does not go on to tell us like what became of the prodigal son. But when one receives such a love, you know, from a father, that you did such a terrible thing to your father, but in, instead of condemning you, instead of pouring his wrath on you, he embraces you and he he cleanses you up and he treats you like a like a, like a prince, you know, rather than a servant as you even wished for. That kind of love is what changes people. So I'm certain that that prodigal son would have been touched by the, by the kind of compassion and, and love that the father showed him. And this is how God treats us. And this is what changes us, really. And I'm talking from a personal perspective as well, because this is the experience that I have had with God. In the past, I thought that I needed to clean myself up first before coming to God and all that. But it never worked because I couldn't clean up myself. I couldn't clean up my mess. I tried so many in so many different ways to make myself better by my own effort you know but it never worked but at the point where i got this message this truth you know that god loves me unconditionally that all i needed to do was repent of my sins and turn back to him you know and he will do the cleansing by himself and that's what he has done to my life you know up to this point so yeah if you're out there thinking that uh, you need to clean up yourself clean up your mess and everything before you come to god that's not true. That's not true. Even though God judges the unrepentant, it is his love that drives us to repentance. Anyone who repents, it's as a result of God's love. You know, so embrace God's love today. Embrace it. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, But God shows us his love in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's amazing, you know. And yeah, to the second half truth, it's that you must sacrifice everything to follow God. It's a half truth because we usually don't hear the second part, like the, the, the other part of it, that when you sacrifice everything, God gives you all that you need and more. So God doesn't just call us to sacrifice all of our lives uh, and everything and get back nothing in return. He has everything for us in abundance he has prepared everything for us in abundance and that's why the bible teaches that we should seek first the kingdom of god and, and his righteousness and all these things will be all the things that we we need you know will be added unto us i'll just read um luke chapter 14 verse 26 to 27 if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters yes and even his own life he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Verse 33 says, 
So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. So yes, certainly Jesus is calling us to renounce all that we have for his sake. You know, that we should be ready to give up everything to follow him. And he also told uh, Nicodemus this thing when he came to meet him, um, explaining that what does he ha- what does he need to do, you know, to attain eternal life. And and he said, he, Nicodemus, said that he had done all the things of the law and all that. But Jesus told him that he still has, he still lacked one thing. Luke chapter 18 verse 22 says, when Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me you know jesus actually called told him to sell all he has you know to follow him all that makes him feel self-sufficient all that makes him feel independent of god just to follow him truly that's what we are called to do to give up everything that makes us feel sufficient in ourselves you know just to follow jesus but there's another side to it so that you're not afraid that you're going to lose every, oh I'm going to lose my career oh I'm going to lose my 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 family my relationships and blah 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 I'm going to lose everything just to follow Jesus what do I get back in return you know God has prepared in abundance for us you know if we give up everything to follow him right and that's why the bible says um in Matthew 6:33 I think I already mentioned that. But also Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to, to the power at work within us. So God is able to do for us exceedingly and abundantly far above what we think or what we ask. You know, God has prepared so much for his people. But we have to set our priorities right. It, ha- it has to be he- him first. He, he has to be the, the ultimate, the center of our lives. Like all of our lives must depend on him. We, we mustn't depend on anything, any of our achievements. We mustn't depend on any of our, of our intellect. We mustn't depend on our resources or anything. We must depend on him solely and let him you know, drive our lives in the way that he, he, it pleases him. And, and in the end... You know, what pleases him is to, to bless us. What pleases him is to is that we are fulfilled. What pleases him is that we, are, we have joy. But we often think that, you know, we know better than him. And so we plan our lives according to, you know, what we think is best for us and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, we still lack something. But God, God's path may not always be, may not look like the, the best for us, may not look like maybe narrow maybe rough or whatever but he is always with us as long as we are in his will he's always with us and he will at the end of the day like the, the, the in the bigger picture you know you will see clearly you know why you had to pass through certain things you know why you had to go through this um tough path you know rather than the the the, the easier path that you were um creating for yourself you know so it pleases God to please us. It pleases God to to make us um, happy, to make us um, joyful, to give us a, a fulfilling life, a life that, you know, we can be grateful to him 
about and the life that people will see, you know, and, you know, see his glory in it and see that it was his hand in it, that it wasn't something that we could manage by ourselves, by our own efforts or anything. So he wants to give us an exceptional life, right? So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of anything. God has you at the center of his heart and he's thinking of you. He has planned your future already. The Bible says that. He has planned your, fu- your future even before you were conceived. So he knows the best for you and he has prepared it already but are you are you ready to sacrifice what you think is best for yourself are you are you ready to sacrifice your all to sacrifice what makes you independent of him you know to follow his path and i i I assure you that if you follow his path you know he has a track record of that of people who follow him that never end up in shame right so Psalms chapter 37 verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Amazing. Amazing. So we should pleasure in God. We should, um, yeah, just be happy in him and 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 embrace him as, as everything, as our everything, as our all. He should be the source of our greatest happiness and, and we will never be um, disappointed by it. Right? Yeah, so I just want to now let you know some things about God that perhaps you don't know or you're in doubt of, you know, so that you have um, more reason, you know, to draw nearer to him. Because like I said at the beginning, some people have these notions of God that are not true, that make them avoid him. And... Yeah, I, I want you to, to have a relationship with God because it's the best thing that, that can ever happen to your life. And it begins with um, you having a, be- a, a better understanding of Him, of who He is, right? Um, first, I would like to say that if you really want to know um, who God is, that the nature of God, the, the true character of God, it will help to study the Old Testament and see how God treated the Israelites. You know, he really showed his higher character, his character of mercy, his character of grace, his character of, of you know, kindness, goodness, how he provides for his people, how he, he loves his people, how he, you know, how he cares for his people, you know, how he protects and how he fights and defends his people, you know. He showed this, you know, to the Israelites a lot. And yes, so, so so if you haven't read the Old Testament, it will do you good, you know, to go through it. So that when you see um, that God was so merciful to them, you know, that because of his promise to their forefathers, he, he never left them, even though they, they left him so many times. They, 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 they went to other gods, they worshipped other gods, you know. And just just ran away from God and didn't um, honor or respect His commands and all that. But He still was faithful, you know, in keeping His promises, you know, to to the forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you know. So, and this is what God does for us. If you if you really read through the the Old Testament, I, I, when I when I did, like I, I'm still reading, but I mean to the point where I, I am now, I just see a clear a semblance between my life and the life of the Israelites and, and my relationship with God 
with the way God related with the Israelites. Just a, a mirror image, pretty much. A mirror image, because I also have disappointed God, you know, all my life. I've, I've disobeyed His commands, I've, I've failed Him, and and but yet He loves me, yet He He doesn't turn His back on me, yet He has everything that He has promised to, to me, you know, still there for me, you know, waiting for me to turn back to Him, you know. And that's the same thing that applies to you, you know, who are in Christ. God loves you so much and and he'll never turn his back on you, right? So I'll just uh, go straight to, to the things that I, I wrote down. Yeah, the first is that he will accept you no matter what you have done in the past, if only you turn to him. I think I, I just spoke a bit about, about that. John chapter 6 verse 37 says, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. This is Jesus speaking. That whoever comes to him, he will never cast out. So are you an unbeliever who really is seeking for God? This verse is for you. If you come to Jesus, he will never cast you out. He's waiting for you to repent and just turn to him. And he will never cast you out. This is his promise. This is his promise. And his promise is true. Psalms chapter 51 verse 17 says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. This is a, a, a psalm of David. And he says here that a broken and contrite heart, God will not despise. God does not despise a broken heart. You know that you're a sinner. You acknowledge it. And you are ready to repent, you know, of your sin. Come to God. Come to God as broken as you are. You know, come to God as messy as you are, as filthy as you are. Come to Him. Cry if you have to, you know, beg Him for His forgiveness, you know. And just pour out your heart to Him, you know. Let Him know that you can't do it, that you've tried so hard, but you can't help yourself. That He, that he should give you His Spirit, you know, to help you. And He will. That's God. He will. He really will. Right, the second thing that I wrote down here is that God holds no grudge against His own. You know, God holds no grudge against His own. So, if you're a believer and you're struggling with sin, don't think that God is holding a grudge against you, don't think that God is turning His back against you. If you experience bad things, don't think that it's God punishing you or whatever. It's not the case, it's not the case. God does not hold a grudge against His own. When he sees you, he, he sees the finished work that Jesus has done on the cross. He has punished Jesus for all, all of our sins. You know, glory to Jesus. You know, Jesus has, has won the battle over our sins. He has taken everything thing away. You know, all the, all, the, all the guilt, all the shame, all the, all the pain and everything. He has taken them all away. And God holds no grudge against you. He only, it's, it breaks his heart that you sin because, because he knows the effect it has on you. Because he knows that it will cause you to live, to, to distance yourself from him. Because he knows that it makes you vulnerable to the deception of the devil, to the lies of the devil. And that's the reason why he doesn't want you to, to sin. That's, why he, that's, that's the reason why he wants you closer to himself. So that he can, you can have the best of him. You can have all of him. You can have you know, the greatest pleasures that you're seeking in your life. That's how God is right 
So if you're struggling with any sin, it doesn't matter what kind, just come to God, come to God. Don't let the devil deceive you any further. Come to God and, 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 and speak to him. Let him know, cry out to him. Let him know that you're broken for your sin and that you want to repent. And he'll, he'll wash you clean. That's how it is. And, and when you come to him, stay with him. Stay with him. Stay close to him because that's how you, you, you get cleansed. That's how you get purified, you know, of these, of these sins. And that's how you break free of it, you know, by, by, by being close to him. Right? Romans chapter 8 verse 31 to 39 says, What then shall we say of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or, or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, or danger, or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors, through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Guys, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing. Isn't that amazing? Nothing. So God holds no grudge against you. Know this today. Know this. The third thing that I wrote down is that once you belong in God's family, you will have access to all of him. God has no limits. God has no God is not limited in anything. He has everything in abundance, right? And you have access to all these things. You have access to his power, his power to heal, his power to deliver. You have access to his power to to speak things that will change that will, that will change situations. You know, you have access to to the good things of life. You have access to wealth, to riches, to to favor you know, to, to, to his grace, abundant grace, his mercy. You have access to all these things once you're in his family. And how do you get into the family? By believing in Jesus Christ, that he is the Lord, and accepting him as your Lord and personal Savior, that he came and died for your sin, right? To redeem you. That's how you get into the family of God, right? Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 to 10 says, Ask and it will be given to you, or seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a serpent? You know, no father would give a child, give his child a stone when he asks for bread, or a serpent when he asks for fish, right? So how much more God Almighty? But many times we don't ask because we don't trust that he will give us, you know. Once you're in his family, you have access to all of him. You, you, all you need to do is ask him. All you need to do is ask him. And you know, he'll do the rest. He'll vet your heart to know why you are asking. Whether it's for your own selfish purpose or all that he will do. But as long as you belong in his family, you have access to it. To it. Amazing. And then God is good and there's no evil in him. 
God is good and there's no evil in him. First John chapter 1 verse 5 says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. There's no darkness in God. There's no evil in God. God is light. God is good. Uh, sometimes we have negative emotions here and there, negative bad feelings and all that that, of int that intimidate us, you know, keep us trapped and we are unable to function in our lives. I'm, he I'm here to tell you that those things are not from God. Those things are not from God. You know, whatever it is that will um, overwhelm you so much to pull you away from God is not from Him. The feelings that you have, if it's like righteous guilt over sin that draws you to come to God to ask for His forgiveness, that, that comes from Him. That's the Holy Spirit convicting you. But if it's anything otherwise, trying to pull you away from Him by intimidation or whatever, reminding you of your past and, and your mistakes and all that, those things don't come from God. And you can reject them in your life every time that they come, every time that you, 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 you feel them manipulating your mind. You can reject them. And of course, with the word of God, by speaking the truth of God's word over your life, you know, to counter those things. And by this, you can live a life of peace. By this, you can lead a life of God's peace, you know, and joy in your life. And you can be efficient in doing the work of God, you know, every day in your life. Right. So don't let negative um, emotions, you know, uh, overwhelm you because God, God, is, God is not an author of confusion. He doesn't want to, you to be, you know, um, in, in, in such a, a mess like in your mind, because that's where the devil manipulates us most times in our minds. Right. And, you know, you can fight with the word of God. Yeah. So, yeah, another and the last one is that God fulfills his promises. If you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. He says it in his word and he, he, he does that. And then the final one that I have here is that he fulfills his promises. If you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. That's what the Bible says. And it's true. God fulfills his promises. The Bible is full of promises of God to prosper his people, to protect his people, to supply all their needs to, you know, all these things, like to forgive his people, to have mercy on, on them, and to supply his grace constantly to them. God fulfills promises. He is not, he doesn't fail. God is faithful, and the Bible says that uh, as well, and it's full of um, such examples and stories, you know, to show God's faithfulness, right? And the typical one that I can share here is the story of the father of the father of faith, Abraham, right? We all have, many of us have heard the story, how, you know, he wanted a son, he and his wife, they didn't have a, a son for a long time, they were barren, and it was promised by God that he would, um, that God would give him a son. And God eventually fulfilled that promise, which was Isaac. And God also told him that he would be the father of many nations through Isaac. But then the same God told him to sacrifice Isaac. Right, but Abraham faithfully followed, obeyed God, and wanted to go ahead and uh, sacrifice Isaac. Was actually at the point of um, stabbing Isaac with a knife when God told him to stop, and you know, um, Isaac was rescued through that. And Isaac eventually gave birth to children, who gave birth to children who are now known as descendants of of Abraham. Right, so 
God fulfills his promises and there are many other instances of of that so yeah um, these are some of the characters characteristics of God that uh, I think that you should know about and that um, I believe will shape your your mindset uh, about God and will draw you closer to him because he he loves he's a lover God is love and he just wants you close to him just wants to have a relationship with you and with me also so yeah um come close to him um seek his face pray in the secret of your room when there's nobody around just you and him yeah speak to him and he listens to you always always and he'll, he'll bless you and he will transform your life you know and make you a person that you never expected yourself to to be right and um yeah it's just amazing it's just amazing i'm, I'm speaking also because i have experienced this in my life um personally and yeah thank you for watching this video today i hope that you're blessed and yeah stay tuned on this channel more videos will be coming or more, i'll be dropping more videos here that will bless you and yeah thank you for to those who have subscribed so far and if you haven't now is a good time to do so kindly hit the subscribe button and you could also watch other videos that i have posted um before and i'm sure that you'll be blessed take care and god bless you bye